Welcome to the Draft Doctors Podcast, your home of weekly draft content. Now here's Steve, Jono, Cam, and the Statesman. G'day everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. We've got a full crew on deck tonight, and, and why wouldn't we? It's the trick-or-treat episode, the, the Halloween, obviously Stato's favourite show. Why don't we... We don't usually do it, but we'll bring you in first, great man. It's just you're so fired up. Yeah, Halloween's not my favourite time, but look, it's pretty busy in my life at the moment. Uh, should ease up in December, I think, but I thought I'll come back on and sort of lift the standards somewhat. You know, uh, have my mic on, uh, maybe start on time, Jono, and actually... Save Cam from being more Stato than Stato. You're going to stick around to the end of the show? So it seems just people just like say their bit and then fuck off as well. That's <laughs> yeah, just, just go. Good. Yep, yep, that sounds yeah. fair. I'm in. Yeah, amazing scenes. Jono, what's happening? You are the Halloween fan. Oh, big, big time fan of Halloween. But what's actually funny is, Steve, you know, I've been born and bred and raised around Frankston my whole life. And I know most of... most of what's going around, but something actually surprised me yesterday uh, over over the weekend. I've had to drop a car off the radiator to get the radiator checked, and as I'm pulling out, I noticed something I've never seen in Seaford slash Frankston before. It was this adult entertainment place. I'm like, hmm, they're filming porn there. I'm like, nah, uh, whatever. Go home, Google it. It's actually a swingers club. There's a swingers club in Seaford. I know where it is, unsurprisingly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just like, how am I? I'm good. My, my That's around like, the back of the Seaford pub, sort of, yeah? Uh, like where yeah. the turn-off is for... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I go to my cousin. My cousin's oh, been there for I think. Never seen this place in my life. Yeah. So I'm, you know, Googling, it's like, they've got like all this stuff. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, Jack runs it. He's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say my name, you get a 10% discount. Yeah, just like... Fully blew my mind that yeah, that was in in good old Seaford. Yeah, a lot of the uh, <laughs> there's a lot of establishments in Seaford. Let's oh, be I'm, I'm well aware of that. <laughs> but this one, yeah, never knew it was there. And someone who has has punched a few loyalty cards in his day, uh, Cam. Mate, <laughs> you you got to get the six one free, all right? It's just uh, yeah. But I'll tell you what, I I kind of thought for a Halloween episode that you know the scariest thing that I'd see would be Stato's face logging on here, but actually it's you know. Watching Jono try and convince us all that he didn't know where the Swingers Club was. No, I know where all the other brothels That's are, but I didn't know there was a Swingers Club. <laughs> <laughs> brothels, breweries, yes. yes. Uh, the Swingers Club, not not sure. No, now I do. If he's not paying, if he's not paying for it, he's but not keen. Hey, look, there's a song. Let's move on. We're doing the Halloween <laughs> show. <laughs> this could be like a 45 minute show on uh, the ins and outs of Seaford. <laughs> We're here to talk about trick or treat uh, after listening to Craig Cameron's interviews uh, explaining the, the trade scenarios for the Gold Coast Suns where he said we needed to shed ca- salary cap so we could bring in some high-end talent uh, and we're going to draft a midfielder, and we couldn't keep Jack Bowes because he wanted to play in midfield. I just, I just kept coming back to man. He thinks Jack Bowes is shit. He, he really does not rate him at all. Uh, so anyway, tricks or treat? Who wants to kick it off? Cam, why don't you start? You, you might leave at, at any point during the show. 
Oh, look, yeah, I, I definitely last week cut out a little bit. Are we doing trick or treat no, first? You can, you can deal with choice, like? man. Go for it. Awesome. So let's go with trick. And my first trick is probably a little bit of a um, an easy one, but it's Ben Keys. Um, this this year he started off like a house on fire, actually, from a fantasy perspective. He was averaging somewhere in the realm of uh, 120 or 130 in the first six weeks in both formats. So he's, you know, repeating what he'd done last year. And then there seemed to be a bit of a shift in focus at Adelaide when they realized, you know, very quickly they weren't competitive again. And they started to play some of the younger kids in more dominant positions. Guys like Sam Berry getting them in the midfield. Jake Saligo got a lot of run, or some run in the midfield while being predominantly on the wing. And it really affected his scoring output. It was no more evident than in the last six weeks of the year where... Uh, ben Keyes actually averaged like 73 over a six-week period. And that's you know pretty damning going into the finals for your, your fantasy uh, leagues. I guess the thing that made me a little bit cautious about him going into next year, his drop in fantasy output in those six weeks coincided with Jake Saligo getting more midfield time and more CBAs. And it, it sort of said to me that, you know, we want to invest time in... in those younger kids. And and by the way, he, he'd already lost the CBA count to um, Sam Berry at that point anyway, so he wasn't the dominant midfielder. But w- what happened is that he, he switched to wing in those rounds and, and he just couldn't score there. He was, he was pretty poor. And so given that they haven't really resolved that wing type issue, I... I I kind of have some hesitancy around Ben Keyes going into next year. So for me, you're paying his 97 average, I think, from an AFL fantasy perspective. I just think, you know, there's it could be tough times for him Was next year. Was he just pure wing or did he play forward, uh, forward stints? He, he played forward mainly um, when he left the, the so CBA. So is there a chance for a mid-forward um, possibility? Uh, yeah, there's a slight chance, but uh, do note that it came out after the season that he actually copped an injury and was nursing an injury for the second half of the season. So I think that may be the real reason why he moved out of the CBA. So mm. I'm less cool on Ben Keys um, being their big-bodied uh, midfielder um, because although Laird is strong, Laird is mm. small. Um, yeah. So I actually think they need him in there, and I haven't seen movements or anyone come into that club that would uh, make me fear um, what his position would be if he's fully fit. Yeah, I think the other thing that had me a bit cool on him was um, they're all very same same through that area, and Ben Keys, you know, Ben Keys, Rory Laird, you know, if he ever plays again, Matt Crouch, even Sam Berry. They're all they're all the same type of in and under handball player, and then you know one of them will kick forward, and that's about it. And so I wonder if it's that actually he does come out and they they get a little bit more dynamic through that midfield, but I'm just not sure. Um, and and that has that makes me a bit hesitant on him next year. Fair enough. Fair enough. A lot of question marks on Adelaide. I think they should Heaps. be a better team, but I don't. Yeah. Anyway, some of the some of their fantasy players might not score as well. All right, Jono, why don't you give us a treat? 
Pick treat. up the mood. Yeah, I got a treat. He's a, a blonde bombshell, plays for Sydney, chiseled features. And no, it's not Isaac Heaney. Ooh. It is <laughs> Chad Warner. Uh, had his third year breakout this year, got the time through the midfield with JPK basically retiring, falling off a cliff and retiring. Um, he got the increased CBAs in the second half of the season when they rolled uh, Callum Mills out. Um, you got Luke Parker. He's turning 30 this year, so Luke Parker will still be a fine scorer, but I think they're going to still put more time into the Chad. And it was interesting the fact that they were tagging a third-year player uh, throughout the year. There was a couple of weeks where maybe three or four weeks he just went on absolute scoring tear and then in a couple of games they put the clamps on him. So opposition teams obviously obviously really rate him. Um, he did have the forward status this year, but will be a mid only. So that might drop him down a bit because he did only average 97 Supercoach and 88 AFL Fantasy. So people might just look at that and go, mm, no thank you. But I think he can go a lot higher next year. Um, he's got the upside. We saw some big 120s, 150s um, in his scoring this year. So Sydney aren't going to fall off a cliff. They've got a pretty good nucleus now. They'll be up there in contention again. Look, uh, 100 average for AFL Fantasy, maybe 105 plus for Supercoach. Perfect little M4. And um, if you're looking at him, M4, that's what, around 8, something like that. But you might be able to get him a little bit later if you don't have any savvy league, mate. So I'm all about Chad Warner next year. Fair enough. I'd have, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where he gets ranked. I think the fantasy community are on him, but maybe the casuals aren't. Yeah, and that's what I think. Mm. If you, you know, league against the non-savvy league mates, that you can pick him up a little bit later. I wonder if, um, especially when it comes to ranking, who's going to be ranked higher, Robottom or Warner? Because Robottom finished so strong. Like he was mm. yeah, 110 plus for the last few weeks of the season. Well, Massive. Yeah, Warner did drop away. When row bottom went up, like so, yeah, that's it. It's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. But I'll be chips in on Warner over row bottom. Nice. Stato was the man with uh, Sydney as the second team. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Chad? Yeah, Sydney's an interesting team in in fantasy because they've got so many relevant players. Um, so it, it's hard to see who the outside Callum Mills, who the sort of big sort of uber premiums are going to be. And there's such a variety that can go through. So I think my my eyes for Swans are the ones that get DPP. That's where I sort of look. Uh, but but want to look something mm. special. Why don't you give us a trick, old man? <laughs> I certainly will, and I'll go to an old man, uh, Max Gorn. He is my trick. So thinking we're all somewhat confused on rucks moving into next year with nearly all options having some form of question mark, the old set-and-forget model is actually being combined at one club together. It's good for their footy, but I don't think it's great for their fantasy. Um, and here's where the real trick is with this. Uh, Max, despite being under questions last year with the expected bump of Jackson, was still our number one scoring ruck. So in drafts, he'll be ranked as number one. Let's quickly look at the history, 2018, 111, 2019, 111 average. 
2020, 118, that was COVID adjusted. 2021, the first time we saw a drop with a 108.6. And 2022, he's dropped to 103.2. And this is obviously the last two seasons. Those drops have been the slow increase of Jackson's effectiveness in the ruck and increased time. But now his ruck partner is a ruck only, not a forward ruck, and therefore this will have a dramatic effect on his own uh, ruck time. So hearing a lot of how good he is behind the ball, but let's face facts, he's only good behind the ball when he's actually in the ruck because that's the role he plays. He drops down in defence while he's playing in that ruck position. It's not happening while he's deep forward. So I'm expecting that the best sort of percentage he's going to get of ruck time is 50%. And I don't think it's going to be that high because do you want Brody Grundy sitting in your forward line for 40% of the game? There will be games, of course, where due to matchups uh, or the run of the game that he spends more time in the ruck um, or has a game out of the box like we saw uh, once or twice over the last couple of years where he's kicked three or four three or four or even five goals. But the simple problem is his floor will drop. So I'm expecting an average, and this is if everyone stays fit all year, of 85 to 95. That's a massive drop. So we're talking around about the 10 points. But we all know uh, come draft time, it's round three, uh, we've seen probably the top dozen midfielders gone, a couple of defenders and probably one forward because it doesn't look like we're going to have too many on the board and a couple of rucks have gone. Someone's going to be sitting there quite scared that they're going to lose out and take the punt on him in round three or four for an 85 to 95 averaging ruck. To me, unfortunately, Max Gorn looks like a trick. I kind of wonder if um, that could still be the ceiling of rucks next year anyway. So, you know, 85 to 95 could be your number one ranked ruck. But, you know, Tim English might go Tim more. Tim and Romarsh potentially, but, depending on what happens. Yeah, Romar, but... It, yeah. Like, but I, but, I, I but think, think about that. Would you still like to have a 90.4 oh, no. averaging player that you picked up at round three? No, God, no. And I hear you definitely slide rucks next year unless you're picking one of those other two people will panic in the draft I still think you'll be alright for for your super coach format and not that you'd like to talk about that Stato but because he'll have an impact if he plays forward he can you know he's a big bastard and hard I to care about everyone mate. hard to match up on not just white men <laughs> so he'll take contested marks he can kick a few goals win them you know get that scaled right up there to a nice 110 111 average for next year so Look, maybe later in the season, if he is playing forward, could get a forward status. Don't draft him to for that, but uh, for Supercoach, I'd definitely take a nibble at him in round three or four. You, you, you're right, Jono. Um, my brain was on AFL Fantasy, but you're right. He's got much higher prospects in Supercoach. I think the nice thing with a player like Gorn is they're so easy to miss on if you don't want them. Yes. Like, if you're not going to rank them one, you may as well rank them five, six, and just completely miss. So, 
Anyway. There, there is a world that Tom Hickey averages the same as him. Oh, there's also... Oh, my God. We're, we're talking about Brody Grundy like he hasn't just missed half a... Well, more than half a year as well, so... You know, that's all it takes for for a ruck yeah. to go ham is is just an injury, and you you get that banger. But also understand that Max Gorn has got a much worse injury history than Brody Grundy. Well, you're only as good as your last injury, they say, Stato. So only as good. So as your wait, last wait what are you saying? Like hang on, some other scrubber to the ruck, but he's hardly missed in the last few years. He might have had a week or two here or there. He did that. No, he did a big hamstring injury at one point, yeah. but and and he's had a bad ankle as well. Oh mm. shit! <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Three ACLs. Not much. Jake Lever to the ruck. Jake Lever to the ruck. Or Cam Super Cam back in the mid-year drafts. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'm going to kick it off with a treat. Uh, the superior Atkins. I'm talking about Tom. Uh, average the 78 Dream Team, 83 Super Coach. Should retain defender status is what I think. He he really moved into that midfield in, in at the midway point of the year, round 11. Uh, averaged eight tackles a game from then on. He averaged a little bit higher. It wasn't hugely more. Uh, so he went into the midfield when Danger was out, and he retained that role uh, when Dangerfield... Uh, came back the only thing is the time on ground dropped um pretty pretty significantly to mid 60s even 50s in some case so that's probably the worry but you have got joel selwood out who was a bulk midfielder uh at the cats so for mine there's a fair bit of disposals up for grabs the the role he should i'd imagine retain it i know he's you know, right in his the, the age prime you could say cam at 27 so um mm. He's not a not a spring chicken, but I, I really find it hard to take him out of there when he when he was really good at what he did in that role. Uh, there's more opportunity available, uh, so more more than like your Jack Bowes types getting getting the straight start in there. He, he's a premiership player at Geelong, so I think there's certainly room to grow, become a high end D three, low end D two, um, best case scenario. But yeah, Tom Atkins cost you nothing in drafts and could be a bit of a treat. Bit of a bit of a treat. I I think it's. He, I think he'll be lucky to keep defender. Just just what I'm I'm looking at here is sort of possession breakdown across the thanks to uh, DFSAustralia.com yeah. uh, and their possession heat maps, and it's first seven games, first eight games, great, like for sure going to keep it, and then after then it's pretty midfield heavy. Where where are there more possessions to be won? Midfield. In the midfield. Yeah. Yeah. But... yeah. V- VFL. <laughs> well, Jack Bowes will do a bloody saying, great yeah. job racking them up down there, won't he? <laughs> but yeah. It, You're you know, the bloke who just said, sure. sure, it'd be hard done by, and he only played six weeks back there. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize so it was only six weeks. What do honest, you realize, Cam? But, what do uh, you realize? Be... Not much. Oh, not that. Not much. Uh, I'd I'd love to be corrected just so we build clarity, but one part I'm 100% sure, starting positions is where they judge the percentage from. So if you actually start in the midfield every time you're on the ground and that's where the percentage, not the Mm. they're at 72% 
um, CBAs, but if they were on the bench for the other 28%, they're actually 100% CBAs. So therefore, they're midfield 100% time. But I'm pretty sure, and, and I wouldn't mind, and we should ask this question, but I'm pretty sure that it's weighted to the second half of the year. Oh. So they so they actually go on the trend of this is where the players' time was um, for the second third of the season because that's where they ended up being and that's what they likely or more likely to be the following. Sounds like a bit of alt-right propaganda <laughs> coming out of state over there. Just, oh, this is what I reckon. <laughs> this is how they mythically judge it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop the count is all I'm I can pretty, say. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've heard that. That's, I'm just, I'm not guaranteed 100% um, because I can't remember a discussion or it was a clarity discussion that, that we'd had at some stage or heard at some stage. But I, I'm pretty comfortable that that was actually the case. Fucking. If it is, then it, it'll be interesting for Atkins, right? Well, it's bad. It's, so it's J- Jaden Short could be yeah. a mid-forward. Mid yeah. 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 So a mid-forward playing in Well, defense. I don't think it's all... The problem is, is we've got possession heat map and they know they have said it's not all starting position. So, like, mm. if you're wandering around aimlessly in the forward line, despite not getting a possession, you're still in the forward. Yeah. Yeah. What is and, this? And what, what, what they're is building, this champion data? What, what, what is it? What, no, 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 what they're building clarity about is is if you started um, um, in the forward six, so the 666, six, six, you started in the forward six for 40%, but your role was always midfield. So think of Jordan Goey always starts in the centre and they've said the reality is he's there for CBAs, but he's actually playing forward. Hmm. So if you were the person that wasn't in the CBAs for Jordan Ngoi, but you just played midfield, it gives them the ability to say, well, actually you are a midfield. Yeah, well, that's about Dustin Martin was like always 60% plus, but he'd always have forward status because he just ran forward straight away. So yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Bit of a train wreck, the old... Uh... Position list dartboard, isn't it? It's just like DPP, no DPP. No, no, it's not. Absolute dart. They don't work that hard. (laughs) Let you guys make the decision. Tom Tom Atkins, uh, ruck forward. Perfect. You heard it here first. That's how they do it. Once again, the superior Atkins. Anyway, Cam, who's your treat? Uh, My treat is a bloke by the name of Lockie Young uh, out of the the ruse. Who? Who? Lockie Young. Former L- Western Bulldogs Lock- superstar. So he... <laughs> Oofed. Um, they are... I just say... No, come back to that. Oh. Anyway, um, so Lockie Young has been... Uh, he, he basically got a good run with the Ruse this year, coming out of defence, had uh, a few different roles playing there um, throughout the season, and... As we sort of know, they're all pretty unsettled. Their new coach, hey. terrible backline, all, all sorts of things that can be changed. As well, 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 you know, maybe it's a new new coach. Who knows? But um, yeah, the, the, their backline was one of the worst performing backlines in the comp this year, uh, and it's evidenced almost, you know, predominantly by Luke McDonald. Luke McDonald finishing so high up on their best and fairest. Right, he was terrible all year. But it's indicative of the quality of player that they've got back there. Um, Aaron Hall signed a one-year contract, so he'll be back again and taking those easy kick mark 
and you know rebounding half back possessions. But Lockie Young, what he did really well towards the end of the year, and, and you know got a, a couple of scores that were quite rosterable, was play a similar role to what Mason Redmond and you know before that Jordan Ridley were playing at Essendon, in that he could take an uh, intercept mark, he could you know hit the the really challenging kicks coming out of uh, defensive fifty, and I think that's going to be really. Um, He'll continue to develop in that role, and I'd be surprised if Clarko played him, or you know, whoever comes in plays him somewhere else. As a result, they ended up with uh, you know three scores over eighty-five in his last five games, which I think, from a young defender growing, you know, Hayden Young type defender, he he could end up being really rosterable, and he won't cost you a thing. He'll be absolute last pick in your defense. Yeah. Yes, he will be last picked in my defence. <laughs> would Would you pick him as a, a bench flyer? I I think you need to take a a, a couple and um, has the opportunity with not too many people having their eyes on him. So yeah, yeah. it's a worthwhile punt. There you have it, uh, Jono. We've heard you love turning tricks uh, or picking picking <laughs> up people who turn tricks. Do you know me too well, Steve. Too well. Yeah. Um, why don't you give us a trick? Big trick here. Um, it's Jack Sinclair. Now, he basically kicked it in the dick this year, had the cushy halfback roll, rolling through the midfield. Um, massive increase in his average. Average 113 in Supercoach, 103 AFL Fantasy. So that's a big jump of 27 in Supercoach, 21 AFL Fantasy. Did get tagged as well um, this year. So the question remains, do they, does he back it up? Do St Kilda improve? We know uh, Brett Ratton got the sarsaparilla and possibly, um, possibly Ross Lyon coming into coach. And we know that Ross Lyon doesn't like fantasy football too much. And when we saw him at Fremantle, when they were good, they were actually a pretty decent fantasy football team. Um, but when they turned to poo, they were down the bottom in terms of Supercoach AFL fantasy. Now, you look at St Kilda's list, it's not bad. So, And Ross likes to shuffle shuffle the magnets and give positions away and whatnot. So I'm not sure if you're going to be drafting. Most people might have Jack Sinclair number one next year. Um, I think that can come back to bite you in the ass a little bit. I'm not saying he's going to be absolutely terrible, but I wouldn't be expecting those averages um, coming in for next year. There's a lot to play out there at St Kilda. So I'm pretty cold on a lot of St Kilda in terms of the um, fantasy um, landscape there. He's certainly one that got away from us, that's for sure. So we thought, you know, there's a block of four games. Yeah, never repeat that. Just continued throughout the year. So it was a bit of a surprise packet. There's no doubts about that. And it's it's really tough to back out, uh, back up a, um, a career year, as we've talked about mm. many times, especially with those Brandline medalists. Yeah, it's really interesting, St Kilda being, take, having the most kicks in the league, uh, and Jack Sinclair, obviously. Well, you average 19. Averaging the most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. The th- like, 
you know, if they come down as a team and he maintains that rate, which is a sustainable rate, um, you know, just the average 27 possessions off the halfback. That's, again, yeah. Ross was never a really high possession sort of coach, so it'd be interesting to see what happens going forward if he does get the job. Like, his game plan probably wouldn't stand up in today's football. Interesting. Yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah, it's, he's a hard one. He's a hard one. Mm. Okay, I'm, I'm sort of with you. That's a pretty easy it's, one to slide. But yeah, yeah. you got to put someone above him. That's the yeah. That's the harder part. I think defenders are going to be pretty hard. Like those top tiers, like going next year. Like you know, probably Dawson would be the would be up there. But you know, Lloyd's going down a cliff. That sort of thing. So it's going to be interesting for the defender yeah. landscape next year. As hard as someone at the uh, Seaford Swingers Club. <laughs> <laughs> Stay so- there, give us a treat. <laughs> I've got a ripper treat. Uh, not as good as what's going on at Seaford, but this one's pretty good. Um, I'm, uh, I'm going big time on Will Setterfield. Um, I'm not saying here we've got an Uber premium uh, on our hands. Um, but we do have a solid inside mid who has never really had the role before besides fleeting moments. He's 24 years of age. He's a former number five selection of the 2016 draft and has now played 57 games. So he is primed and ready to go. We can understand why he didn't get that role at GWS uh, until this season. They've just been flooded with quality mids. And obviously he was behind Paddy Cripps in that key role at the Carlton Football Club. So he was never going to move uh, the Brownlow medalist out of that role. But let's have a quick look at Eston midfield options. So Andrew Ghost McGrath, 178 centimetres. Zach Merritt, 180 centimetres. Darcy Parrish, 181 centimetres. Dylan Shield, 182 centimetres. Jai Cordwell, 183 centimetres. They are all small midfielders. I'm sure you're seeing the theme here, and this is why it was so important for them to use players like Jake Stringer, who stands at 192 centimetres, in the guts, despite that hurting their scoring options up forward. They tried very hard to recruit Dunkley, who's 191 big inside midfielder and they've actually tried a few mores until uh, a few more options until they actually landed and able to get Will Setterfield. At 192, he is the right type of mid that they need in the guts. He's now their big bodied midfielder and he's got that role. He will be the bull and there'll be no added roles like being out on the wing like he was at Carlton. I'm expecting a 95 to 100 average for someone that'll be well down the draft raw, uh, draft boards, averaging a very nice 69 last season. Yeah, actually, when that trade happened, I'm like, that's actually a pretty good deal uh, for Will Setterfield in terms of fantasy. So um, you got in first to talk about him, Stato, but no, I'm... Low-key keen on him uh, for next year. Yeah, he's everywhere for me. Feels like a real uh, Matt Kennedy type uh, <laughs> pick. 
Well, I don't know. Wait, wait, okay. Well, it, what's the downs? I mean, that's a massive average to, to predict. Who's losing? Well, you just can't have all those small bods in there. So um, effectively, Stringer loses because unless he's injured, they don't need Stringer to, to burst in them, but they might add one or two CBAs here and there for something um, a little bit different variety. Um, You've got to think Zach Merritt... Um, is their best operator, so he doesn't lose out. And I've therefore, I think you've got your your Darcy Parish is probably going to be your your number three, and then the others just have smaller loads of rotation. So Jai Cordwell can play wing as well as he can play inside. It's not as if he's an inside and only, or he's the best inside they've got. He's a good runner, so he needs to be on the outside. So I would suggest if I'm running them, it's uh, Parrish, uh, Setterfield and Merritt at the first bounce. Man, it feels like you're talking about all these names and it feels like that five-man bench, if and when it comes in, cannot be good for them. No, not for those guys. But, But understanding he is exactly what they're missing. So he just goes in there and it's a little bit, Rightly or wrongly, it's a little bit like uh, George Hewitt. So they got him to be uh, a bull in the midfield at Carlton. Ironically, they already had two under their noses in, in Kennedy and Setterfield. But they got him in, never really played that role at Swans. But this is your role. Here you go. You're the defensive style midfielder. We need you there. And Whammo, 35-point addition to his scoring. Mm. Yeah, I'm all for it too. Wait, I agree. 69, 35 points. No, no, that's what happened to George Hewitt. Right, right, right. Fair enough. Because he got the role, and this is exactly going to be the same. I, I, I don't think he's got the 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 ceiling of a Cripps or a uh, or a Hewitt or Ollie Wines, but I think he's just going to be a solid, solid as a rock midfielder for us. You get him at and he averages ninety eight. That's just bloody sensation. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Mm. Oh shit! If you got him mm. and he averaged eighty eight, it's probably good. Well, that's right. You can you can yeah, get him like that draft M six M seven bench even, and it pops. Yep. Bench, yeah. yeah. My favorite part of this show is that man. There's some uh, absolute gold getting laid out, and and the, the new listeners aren't here yet. Any, anyone <laughs> listening to this isn't a new listener. Fuck well, them. exactly, exactly, Stato. Uh, we'll have the we'll Will have I? the no new listener shirts out for uh, for Christmas. Well, after the sound quality of the last two episodes, we may not have any of our old listeners. This may be just a no, pod for Perth, us. This is the show I want, Stato. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> deal. If we could put it behind a paywall and still get paid with no one listening, that's the dream. <laughs> oh, God, the dream. Uh, my last person. I'm pivoting. I said who I was going for in the group chat, Ooh. and I'm pivoted Ooh. after the oh. after the kerfuffle with the positions. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you say who you were going to go for? And, and yeah, I, he he didn't realise Jaden Short was going to be a forward. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I thought he was just. Yeah. Um, yeah, look at us trying to understand champion data. It's it's like a dog reading Dostoevsky or something. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with Tex Walker. Uh, the man of questionable <laughs> isms, but <laughs> isms. 
so <laughs> the interesting thing is he doesn't look anything special when you look at he, where he finished by average this year. He's in the F4. But once you remove all these uh, forwards, like your Dunkleys, your Smiths, your English, uh, Bont, Trelaw, Tarant, like all these guys, Brody, he'll probably finish in the in like the the F15 range. Wow. So he'll probably raise, rise up that far, uh, much like Jono at the uh, Swingers Club. Just a lot of, <laughs> a lot of rising. <laughs> but it's it's a really easy story to sell. Uh, he's averaged the, the 77. He's had a, a solid year after a slow start, but his uh, uh, shots on goal is the concern. And this was sort of like uh, the thing with Toby Green this year. He just took up a massive uh, amount of the shots on goal for his club and, and regressed. I think Tex Walker's probably in the same boat. You've got the younger guys coming on, like Fogarty. Looks like he's finally starting to hit his straps. Uh, McAdam's fine. But you've brought in Isaac Rankin, who's just a superstar in, in my eyes. You've got another year for Rochelle. So I, I don't think they need him taking 20% of the shots on goal at Adelaide, quite frankly. And they're probably a better team if they spread it out. Uh, I think Adelaide can get better which is probably my concern, but I just can't have uh, a 33-year-old key forward in this range unless the team's going to be like a locked-in top four team like Geelong. Jeez, my kids are just fucking <laughs> killing each other in the background. Like, Listen, this is where you guys had quit. You guys had quit. Walk off the show because things are tough for your family. I'm battling through. I'm a professional. Profe- I'm not leaving. <laughs> Listeners, if you yeah, professional, if you can't yep, yep, hear my family yep, right. just murdering each other. Half your luck. Um, <laughs> we are a family pod. Just FYI. I think <laughs> family avoiding. Do you pod. reckon? Do you reckon Tex can do what Tom Hawkins they does? Can hear me through so, the back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that stuff about yeah. swingers clubs. Uh-oh. That was just Jono. That was. <laughs> <laughs> or the or the, the sling worms. What do you want? Okay. Very good. Oh, I'm in trouble, listeners. I'm in trouble. Cam. <laughs> Steve has to go, so we'll take it over from here. I think. Yeah. I think the key word was family avoidance. That he said out loud. <laughs> Uh, Did I hear it like a Stephen uh, added into that? Maybe it yeah. can't be good. No, no, no. That's not good. Tex, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Listener questions. Yeah, just go to listen to questions. Yeah, please, please. Uh, we got big cocks. Cooper Stevens, Rice Krispies or raw mints? Ooh, um, it's a preseason yeah. watch, isn't it? We're just guessing. So there's opportunities for a couple of the young kids, but we know what second-year blues can be like. Um, but you've got Ward, McDonald. Um, you've got the potential return of, of Warple. Um, Buson, we've never heard Warple's any news Instagram's whether he's been struggling with injuries. On the training track already, looking good, looking sharp. Yeah. And then you've got Steve. I, I think, I think there's a chance that all four of them um, are on the upward trend. But um, who gets the main time? But I, I wouldn't mind a late punt on Cooper Stevens. I think he's highly rated as a youngster. Um, he's a little bit 
different to what they have, which I think is probably important. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm interested in the Cam. Do you know him that well, Cam? You watched him much? Uh, yeah, I mentioned it on the the pod last week, but you wouldn't have heard it because Jono was probably talking at random times. But yeah, um, the, that people from the, he wasn't good enough to make the Cats team, and Parfit was in there. And it like yeah, it's it, they are different types. Then they're, they're not they're not very different. So he he's a an in and under you know run of the mill mid. Yeah, and and I think with Selwood, with Danger, yep. with uh, the better Atkins, all that type of stuff, it was hard for him to push his way in there. But being mm. being not good enough. Uh, or not developed enough to be in a premiership midfield is not a bad thing when you go to a rebuilding club. 100%, right? But, I mean, the chances that he did get, he didn't exactly set the world on fire either, right? So I stopped listening when after you said 100%. <laughs> enough Cooper Stevens talk. It is. <laughs> yeah, spoon. Yeah. Uh, Rowan Marshall. Yeah. Next. Does, Rowan, does Ross Lyon go single ruck setup or his keep off style means less stoppages, so less ruck points? What did they have when he was there last time and what happened at Frio? I, I can't recall. Had Big Sandy, 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 Sandy. Sandy. Yeah. And they would have Michael Gardner back in the day. Back in the, when he was the first St. Kilda. God, I reckon that was only for a year. Um, I reckon he crossed their light. I, I can't remember the old St Kilda ruck set up, but yeah, God, God knows. It's a wait and see. Mm. Yeah, uh, Mosquito Fleet, Gorn, Grundy, Darcy could get good value with question marks over their role. Yeah, I think we've Absolutely. covered that. Yeah, yeah. I, I reckon of those three, Darcy's probably best value. But but he struggled to score at the back end of the year. It was like Cox was given more opportunity than him. Yeah, look, maybe he was carrying something. There. Yeah, true. Yeah, so we'll true. see. But I, I reckon they... I reckon Grundy There's, enough, there's more that... Mm. Yeah. Who? Grundy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he's number one there. Mm. Frio. Which sounds weird. Frio, mm. Crude, Sam Berry, Jared Berry, Trav Boak, Rosie, Himmelberg. Just, just, just names. Mm-hmm. It's a good list. They're all people that play in list. the AFL. Mm. I don't know. Solid. Um, again, on the, on the Instagram, yeah. Travis Boak has his training camp over in America. He's taken guys like Connor Rosie and a oh yeah, a few of these other guys. You know, they get buff. They got a lot of shirt. It's like a it's like a you know, Top Gun montage. You know, a lot of sweaty shirtless <laughs> and just doing some training. But just the way Travis Boak's actually teaching him how to position. At stoppages and that, so yeah. it sort of suggests to me that Rosie is going to get that mid-time for next year. So, Dude, Who's it, over there uh, with him? Boke, Rosie, and a heap of the younger players as well. I th- might have seen Butters in a few of the in the videos I've seen as well. Just, Please be I'll, I'll, I'll go back and have a deep dive, but definitely Rosie's there because he was, he yeah, was tagged in it as well. Yeah, Rosie, Rosie got the, the mid-time at the end of the year and he was awesome. So if he's going into next, well, midway through the year, he sort of moved into that midfield. Yeah. He's going to be blistering, blistering yeah. next year. He's looking good too. Uh, put some muscle on. So. Jesus Christ, Jono. 
You're not covering yourself in glory. I don't here, care. Are you? I like. <laughs> I don't care. Is this what you guys look at? Is this what you guys look at in seafood? Hey, look at these training videos. No, no wonder he was searching for a swingers club. He's been looking at Connor's photos. Bokey's looking trim too, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Calendar season. Damn straight. Uh, the real. <laughs> Uh, the real Oogie Boogie Bush. Uh, off topic, but interested to hear some thoughts on this. Have two keepers called Brody's Grundies and I'm a Collingwood supporter. Gone back-to-back in one and one grand final in the other last year. Would you change the team name or leave as is, leaning towards keeping it? What were the names? Brody's Grundies. But why would you, why would you change it? He's still the same. I know. I know he's left Collingwood, but I think he's still going to be a pretty yeah. important player in your keeper mm. team. Yeah, why don't you just change to become a Melbourne supporter and just say you're a, say you're Ooh. a lifelong fan? Everyone yeah. will respect that. Yeah. I've never seen anyone do something never. like that. Uh, the Nuffington Post uh, is Meek a trick competing with Reeves and Lynch. It's an interesting move. You got. Three twenty-four-year-old ruckman. It's not as if you know you've you've got one at the end of his career, one in the the peak or building into the peak, and and then a developing one. They're all the same. Um, I I think Reeves needs a fair bit more development. So if there's the five um, person bench, I think Meeks one and Reeves is. Two, and I think Reeves can play a little bit up forward and so tall, and I mean so tall he can take a grab. So I think Meek um, is it's Max Lynch that is the depth. So I think Meek can be the number one, but I still think he's probably only a seventy-five averaging ruck. Yep. No strong Meek takes, boys. I think Stato nailed it. Okay. Matty Rendell, fresh off his stint on Trade Radio. Jared Brander is one that comes to mind for GWS. He's a depth player in their key position, Stonks. But if he gets a go at either end, he could be a real treat. Mm-hmm. That's good. Where's he playing? West Perth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Pack and Sand, thoughts on Lockie, Ash, Warple, and Setterfield. Well, we've done Setterfield. So Ash and Warple. I think we've spoken about Ash in a couple of other pods that we're low-key, mm. pretty keen on him. If he gets that role now that Hopper and um, Taranto out of that team. So certainly pre-season watch with um, mm. Guns Kingsley, see what he does with him. And Warple, it costs you nothing. Everyone, everyone, no one can go back to that well. Warple, Warple, a bit of an Instagram watch age, I know. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Mini Monk, do you have a cluggage? Does Dunkley help him or hinder him? You talked about that last week, didn't you, Steve? I don't think I've talked about him at depth. I'm kind of saving that for draft kit season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It may not be great for his fantasy, but I think it's really good for the club because I think Hugh McCluggage is probably one of the better genuine uh, wingmen out there. So... If they don't need him inside, they've got better quality outside. So it might hinder his scoring just a tad, but I, I still think it'll he's ceiling. quite it'll relevant. Ceiling. That's it. Yeah, yeah, correct. And, and look, all Hugh McCluggage needs to do is um, is uh, um, 
complete his finishing mm. skills. So it's just his scoring goals on the run that is just lacking a little bit. Once once he sort of nails that, he's going to be a, a gaff type, a relevant wingman. Uh, 50, I think he was their third highest CBA player this year. Mm. And that five on the bench could be good for him. He never coming off the ground. Uh, yeah. Alex Rogg, Caulfield and or Hunter Clark to come good finally under Ross the boss. Mm-hmm. See, I was, I was thinking about St Kilda defence earlier today because especially when you put in the chat that you're going to use Jackson, Clare, um, Jono, and I, I, I couldn't remember how defenders under Ross performed. They had like, like Goddard and that was about it. It was like yeah, one key. Yeah, like, he was different role. Like I don't, I'm not sure if he was playing inside mid then went back. Lemon. Mm. It's definitely. They had a really, really good interceptor. My, I keep my brains going. Lee Fisher, but Lee Montagna, but he Fisher. wasn't interceptor. Um, no, no, no. It was a sort of a third tall defender. Yeah, that's um. I guess the game has changed, right? But but at the same, we got time... someone peeking in. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> She's playing with the dolls house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess from a, you know, who's going to be relevant as a defender for St Kilda next year is really tough. Yeah. I yeah. also like AFL.com and that were putting out their best 22s and like Zach Jones wasn't even in it. Oh, that's right. Wow. Well, there's oh, so wow. many guys who Billings are... in it? It was an emergency. No, it was an emergency. he was wow. he was emergency. Okay. Yeah. So, so it, it probably proves they've got a bit more depth than what we think. The, the problem with St Kilda has always been player development. Like Jack Billings went at what four, three or four, whatever it was in his draft. But it, it then comes down to development and how you can get the best out of a player. Like, could you imagine, say, Dusty went to Melbourne when they were poop? When you know they got Trengove and Scully and that, look what happened to them. So it's sliding doors moments for me. But St Kilda's always had poor player development. To be fair, Dusty went to Richmond when they were poo. So yeah, but they had Hardwick come in. Cochin was sort of like mm. mentoring. They had they got their shit together basically. Yeah, yeah. I'm not convinced on anything you guys have said there. Um, what, what was the question? Hunter Clark. Yeah, Hunter Clark. He's good. Don't worry about it. Yeah, all, all yeah, fine. he is good. He just needs a clean run. I don't, with I don't think Nick Caulfield will be fantasy relevant. Even that year, he was moderately relevant. It's because he had just a ridiculous mark stats. So yeah, find it hard to mind. Yeah, he had a seventy-something average defender. Yeah, yeah. and he's he's done his ACL. Will he be coming off off an ACL? Yeah, that's right. That? Yeah, yeah. So, but he would he would have been the close to eighteen months sort of scenario. No. Uh, the last question, thank God, the real Oogie Boogie Bush. Oh no, that's something else. Ed Richards. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, second half of the year. No lucky hunter. I was really hot on him at the beginning of the year, but he didn't deliver well enough mm. early enough. But came and no lucky really hunter. Well. So dog- if we get that wing half back roll because Bailey Bailey. Such a Bailey good user. Is not a good the, user of the football. The dogs came out like at the start of the season last year, or in preseason, and said that Ed Richards was going to be key to how they move the ball. 
And then it just didn't eventuate for the first, you know, however long. And when it finally hit, man, it was good. Uh, There is one more. Forked Hawkers snuck one in at the death. Uh, My trick players for 2023 are Lockie Hunter, Sean Darcy, and Connor Rose. Sean. Ooh. Treat players are Sam Manigola, Braden Pruce, and Miles Bergman. Value for where you will likely be able to draft them. Spoke about Bergman. Uh, definitely Bergman. Um, oh, man. I wouldn't go anywhere near Pruce. <laughs> no, you couldn't. You can't. I've lived that life. I didn't like it. But I'll tell you what, there's a world where he's the number one ruck next year. I know. <laughs> but I, I still, I just want to go, yeah, I just don't want to live that. I, I, I don't want to wake up Saturday morning and going, is he killing me today? Connor Rosie yep. will not be a trick. Oh, he's suspended again. <laughs> yeah, I just don't want it. Connor Rosie, not a trick. He's a trick. There you go. I'm with you. Anyway, listeners, that'll wrap up the tightest fantasy footy podcast of the off season and um you know i'm sure you're whilst you're all driving down to seaford listening to this show uh <laughs> yeah. could you could you could, could you actually just share the number <laughs> yeah, um, true. In, in the twitter feed when you put it put the pot out if um, i have a socials we'll get on that <laughs> hey, it could be a sponsor get... <laughs> sponsor yeah <laughs> It's on brand. It is. Like you can't fantasy, right? It's a, it's a fan, it, all the fantasy coaches head down fantasy coach night at the ladies. Whew. You can have draft night down there. Wow. Good with that draft. <laughs> oh, there's the listener league location right there. Oh, oh, they do have socials, I think. Yeah. Yep. They do. Yeah. He, here's Jono trying to convince us again that he's never been on their socials. I just found their socials. <laughs> sure. Interesting. That's it. Is that it? Oh, so tight. That's so it. tight. See you next week, listeners. <laughs> <laughs>